John chapter 3. And if this is a mess this morning, I do apologize. Jet lag is real, isn't it? If you've experienced it. So if this is a mess, I soon did okay in my head. But if this is a mess, blame me. And if it's okay, give God the glory. I didn't ever give God the blame. So I was really relating this as I was reading through 1 John chapter 3. I would drive in in America. But before we get there, John lays before us certain choices in life. Fuckings, that life is full of choices. Some big, some small, some indifferent, some it really matters, some it doesn't matter. But he's a way to give us some severe choices to mark in life with severe consequences. And the Jewish people, if I was writing to, they were familiar with this type of teaching. They had Moses, after getting the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy, saying, This day I call the heaven and the earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now it's up to you to choose. But choose life so that you and your children may live. And after him, Joshua came on a go in Joshua in 20, chapter 24, 15. says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you are living. As for me and my household, it may became this scripture, we will serve the Lord. So the Jewish people was used to their leaders saying, hey, you got a choice here. You can choose life, you can choose death, you can choose to serve the Lord, or you can choose to serve other gods. It's really up to you. And John says before us a couple of choices in chapter 3, and some of them sound really severe and really harsh. And I've got to try and relate it to my driving experience peculiarly enough in America. I'm going to read this first, chapter 3. As I say, some of us sounds really harsh. Some of us sounds really good. See how much, how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children, and that is what we are. He's speaking to His fellowship. He's speaking to His church. His church had been through some trials. A lot of people had left the church, but... As you read the letter, he's glad that they left because they were only saying that Jesus was the Son of God. They were preaching a different gospel. They caused chaos, but they left. Some people in church, you're glad when they come in. Some people, you're glad to see the barco. Let's be fair. Okay, that's maybe the jet lag speaking, but that's just what John is saying. I'm glad that they left. There wasn't a part of us. They were preaching a different gospel. So, He's saying, see how very much our Father loves us. He calls us His children. That is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. Go forward a few verses to verse 7. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it's your choice. It shows that they are righteous even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. 
Now, let's get a few things straight before we go on. He's nailing about Christians that fight in his sin and weakness. Even living us life as Christians, we go on in this life in weakness. Ninos is perfect. We will sin. You've probably sinned in some shape or form before you've even came here this morning, but God's grace and His blood continually covers us. Because there's a danger when you read this that you think, oh, me, I've sinned. I must be of the devil. I'm a child of the devil. He's not on about that. He's on about the people that were part of his fellowship that refused to believe that Jesus Christ was a son of God, and they were in a rebellion, and it was continual rebellious sin without coming under the blood of Jesus and recognizing Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior. And it's a strong term. I'll read on and then I'll explain a bit more. They belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning, but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and the children of the devil, anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers, do not belong to God. Okay, first isn't saying is people that are part of your family that didn't know God, they're not like Satan worshippers or that. He's not saying, look, there are some people in the church, we live for God, other people are Satan worshippers, they just belong to the devil. He goes back to if it happened at the start with Adam and Eve, Sin came into the world through the devil. He deceived Adam and Eve into sin. Sin came into the world, destructive, death-given force. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, and you get on God's side by agreeing that Jesus became your Lord and Savior when he died on that cross. If no, you're still under control of sin. There's no other answer for sin, so you're still under the influence of parenthood or the devil. So, he gives us a choice. Now, when I was driving in America, only driven here than driven, doesn't need to be America, but driven in some way that you drive on the other side of the road. Let's see those brave people's hands. Okay. I'm sure some of you have found it really easy. I've been driving since 2004. I failed my test four times. It's quite a lot, isn't it? But I got there in the end. Can only beat it. I'm the worst driver here, <laughs> officially. Yeah, it was dark days, Isabel. She was my co-pilot. With a few casual disagreements in the car leading up to me passing. But you quickly can, if you jump behind a wheel in somebody that drives on the other side of the road, like America, that everything you have learned so far about driving, you've got to unlearn because there's a new way of life. It's like becoming a Christian, that you've learned a certain way of living, and then suddenly, you become a Christian, and then there's a new way of life, 
with different choices. And suddenly in America, I was behind a wheel of a car and everything had changed. Everything that I'd learned previously about Biden on the left side of the road and the roundabout system that we've got in Britain that is nowhere to be seen in America. And when you're at a junction turning left is really easy in Britain. You just, it's the quickest fly. But when you go to America, you've got to hear your wits about you because if you're turning left at a junction, you have to go to the far side. And if you're not careful, you will find a head-on collision is something that you don't want to be going in a head-on collision way. And there's no grace period. There's no like the first few roads for the airport is on the left-hand side to give you a bit of time to adjust and get your thinking going. You are straight in it. As soon as you leave that car park, Abdi seems to ken for their day and your health family is having fun and looking at the bright lights and soaking up the new scenery, grateful that we've landed, grateful that we're away a few weeks in the Florida sunshine, but you are like a stress ball. And it doesn't matter if your thinking is always be on the left-hand side, fuckings, that if the law of the land is on the right-hand side, you've just, uh, you've just to do it. And if you didn't, you've got to get in problems. But you have still a choice whether to just go and continue for you have previously learned or you've got to embrace new thinking. And I mean, growing up, they used to say, see the Americans, they drive on the wrong side of the road. But to us, to them, we are driving on the wrong side of the road. So as Pilate's going out there and saying, they're driving the wrong side of the road, I'm really right, I'm going to stick to the left. You're going to end up with problems. And so you have to unlearn a lot of things quickly. And there's a time of caution, and you're just so aware of what is going on, the road signals, what's happening. And there's a choice before you. And you could choose just to keep going and doing what you've learned, or you can embrace this new way of thinking. And it's like becoming a Christian. You have to embrace this new why of the kingdom that's now like the why you've lived before. And John says before us a new why. He says, well, you can choose. It's up to you. You're a child of God. Hallelujah. You are a child of God because Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy, the sin, the shame, the destruction, the poverty mindset. He came to destroy everything that the devil stands for, the lies, the deception, people getting bound in addiction. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And John sets before us a choice of saying, hey, now that you're a child of God, live right, do the right stuff. Be in the right side of the road in life. You can be in God's side, which is the side of life, the side of hope, the side of salvation, the side of heaven, the side of eternal life, the side of the Holy Spirit. You can be on His side on the road or life. Or you can find yourself near being a child of God, near being part of His family, and being under the influence of sin, under the influence of the devil, and you will find yourself on the wrong side or the road, a life, the side of death, the side without hope, the side without forgiveness. 
And he said, there's a choice to be made. You can be righteous like Jesus is righteous. He's not saying that we just become a bunch of do-gooders. I'll explain this in the next point. He's saying, if you've got this connection with a righteous God, you will, life will be transformed. But you've got to be on the right side of the road. You don't want to live this life gone through on the wrong side. You're going to end up in a head-on collision with something. And to start with, you're maybe just ready to get behind the wheel in this Christian life. You're sussing things out. You're getting curious. You're wondering if this lifestyle change is a boot. It looks as so somebody else is having fun and they get it. But you're behind the wheel thinking, I'm still not sure. I'm just taking my time here. But a choice is still to be made. And so the first thing that John puts forward, the first choice, is the greatest choice of all. What lane you got to go on in life? Are you willing that your mind would be changed? The Bible calls that repentance. Are you willing to humble yourself and say, well, if this is the laws of the kingdom, I'm going to follow this lifestyle change because I'm a child of God. Or I'm going to ignore it and pretend I hang so okay and live my own way. Well, if you do, you're on the wrong side of the road. The best place to be is on the right side of the road. Again, it's not saying on this side, the right side of the road, we'll not find a sin or mark mistakes, but the blood of Jesus covers you. On that side of the road, for you said, Jesus is not Savior, there's not the Son of God, there's no remission of sin because the blood of Jesus isn't active in your life. You're living a life without hope, without forgiveness, without meaning. You're still living life, but you're just existing. Is this making sense? You still, Wima? It's very important that you drive on the right side of the road. And then he's a what again. Another choice. So it's not deciding fuzz and charge God or the enemy. Reading for verse 11, it's not to deal with pathways. What path are you going to choose? The other thing about driving in America, if you miss a junction of where we was Biden, it's a bit of a disaster. So it's not only, okay, I need to buy on the right side of the road. If you need to go off at junction 68, you need to make sure you go off at junction 68. It's not like Biden in a cold is sucking the broth for you just do a quick Yui. That's a U tongue for your other folk here. And it's not saying that you just get off the next junction and everything will be okay because the next junction might not necessarily lead you to the junction that you just missed. And sometimes there's openings that you can get to the other side to maybe it makes you think I could just do a U here and then you pull up and then there's a sign, no U turns. And that again can lead to some disagreements in the car. Because she told you that you take off at junction 68. But another thing to do with driving in America, here we're very older, orderly in dual carriageways. We've got the slow lane, we've got the fast lane, haven't we? And when we're overtaken, because there's no undertaking, you just 
go in the fast lane and do a swift overtake, getting in the slow car in front of you. Doesn't seem to be like that in America. It's open for suggestion. Fits are fast and fits are slow, I have no idea. You just hope on the only lane you want. Which is very, you need your wits about you, because if you're seeing a junction and you're really at the other side, and you might, it's just near that easy, which your sidekick in the car doesn't always understand, because they always think you can magically transport for the outside lane right to fire supposed to. It didn't happen when we was there, but I've heard it happens in other marriages. But it causes problems. And if you didn't get off at the right junction, you're never going to end up and live the life and get to the destination for you were supposed to be. So you've got to be part of God's family. And then he's, he lays out another two scenarios here. Reading from verse 11. This is a message you have heard from the beginning. This is through the hell Bible he's saying. This was given through God. To Moses, love God and Him only with all your heart, strength, mind, and soul. And love other people as yourself. God doesn't just love. God is love. And we look back on the law and think, oh, we don't really agree with the law. The law given by Moses, it's just a rubbish. But you read that law, a lot of it was to do with love. Let no poor be found amongst you. Help them for goodness sake. Love one another. He says, you have heard this already. This is a message for the beginning. It's through the hell world of God. Dinner be like Cain. Sorry, I slipped into Doric version. Verse 12, we must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. John wasn't advocating separatism. He wasn't saying the church is some club and we just point our finger at the world and say, therefore, I hatred will for our love. He's saying, look, Chaloup, don't be surprised if they disagree with you, if they hate you. Um, that comes against you. You have to accept hate air. But nay in the fellowship of believers, nay in God's people. Verse 14, if we love our Christian brothers and sisters, if there is proof of salvation, sometimes the Pentecostal church rarely gets salvation. It, uh, just say a prayer and that's it. Be done, mate. You're going to heaven. doesn't matter. But it's more than that, isn't it? And sometimes when you advocate stuff like us, Folks say, ah, you're getting into legalism, you're asking us to do stuff. Well, through the Bible, the New Testament, he asks us to live a certain way. I got a quote, you got, mark, you got to think I'm really brainy and do a lot of reading. But it was a conversation, I wasn't there, between Alexander the Great and philosopher Diogenes. That's a funny kind of genes. Diogenes. And Alexander the Great, the thought and was termed as he must be a son of Zeus because he was so powerful. And so Alexander the Great asked the philosopher, he says, why do people say I'm the son of Zeus? And he said this, because it seems as though you have mastered the divine art of being a king. In essence, he was saying this, 
You can be termed a son or a God by the way you live your life. And similarly, John is putting forward that as though he started this chapter, but you are children of God. That's amazing. He loves you so much. He's also saying because your identity and connection with this God of love, there's going to be a lifestyle that people will say, he's a child of the king. Why? Because of this. Now, your actions doesn't save you. God saves you. Jesus saves you. But there's a life transformed that bears fruit. You still with me? So this isn't illegalism. This is pure grace and pure love. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. A person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. That's strong language. Jesus used the same strong language to prove a point. When he says, if you are angry and you curse somebody, it's like you're a murderer. John is saying the same thing. You know that a murderer doesn't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers or sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Is that strong words? Strong words. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let, let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we'll be confident when we stand before God. To be on the right side of the road, God's family. Jesus had destroyed the work of the devil. That is the pathway of freedom and life and liberty. But you've also to choose the right road. And if you miss this road, you're going to lose it. There's two roads that he points to here. His dad be like Cain. It was full of hatred. Has somebody been on that road before? Maybe he didn't, I wouldn't admit You just hate people. It could have been something small. But it's just that feeling, oh. The Greek term is miso. It really means bad blood. The love he mentions is agape love, the type of love that God gives. When you're on the road at miso, and there's bad blood and fellowship. It just doesn't work. You're on, you might be on the right side, but you're on the wrong path. And the path that God wants and the path that John puts forward is a pathway of love. And he's not even dealing with the world. And he's not even saying, love the world. Of course, John is missional. Jesus is missional. We have to love the world in spite of disagreements. We have to try our best to save them and get them part of God's family. But he's not dealing with that. He's dealing with fellowship. He's dealing with community. He's saying, you must love one another. And in dealing with fellowship, we deal with different opinions, different with In a fellowship like us, there'll be different opinions of how church should be. 
even different doctrinal opinions, although we all agree that Jesus is Lord and Savior. But he says the heartbeat of our fellowship should be love. And that is perfectly reasonable because God is fit. So the mark of his people shouldn't it be that we're the brainiest bunch that's got our hanging together on the face of the planet. The mark of our God I love amongst his people should rightly be fit, love. And he goes a step further on this road and saying, can something? This is what challenges me. He says, it's good when people tell you that they love you, isn't it? It's good to say to people, I love you and I champion you. But he says, that's not really enough. It's not enough to say that you love somebody. It's not enough for people to get in a fellowship, patting people on the back and say, I really love you, you can. John says that, doesn't say it's bad, just says it's just not enough. Because what should happen is we should care for each other. And this was nothing new. This was for the Jewish people was taught. Look after the poor, look after the needy. If anybody lacks, feed them. And so the marking a fellowship, a true fellowship by God, is love in action. And sometimes it's hard. Back in John's day, it was easier to see for the poor people well, was. They had no benefit system, and they'd been out in the streets begging. And so today, it's maybe sometimes a bit difficult. And sometimes you need to tell us if you're struggling. If you're struggling to pay the bills, that's just one need, a financial need. Neil loves Ken. What do I want to see people struggling here? Do I? That leads to mental illness. That leads to stress. We want to help you if we can. And you've got to trust us that we would be done in such a way of confidentiality. And you see in life that nobody that looks okay and dresses well is financially sound. There's sometimes stuff going behind the scenes. Maybe, maybe he's made some bad mistakes in life. For his name. And sometimes it looks as so. If you get behind stories, some people that look poor has actually got a really lot. But John has says, look, when love is prevalent, it's not about saying love. It's about showing love. And they used to say the hardest journey for truth was for the brain to the heart. It was that nine inches, they used to say, brain to heart, nine inches for truth to sink down. They came the other journey for truth to take that's quite hard for the heart to the hand. Because that's a difficult. That's a difficult journey for me to ken that God loves you in my heart, but for me to go into my pooch with my hand and say, I'm willing to help is a greater sacrifice. And John points to Jesus and says, look how he led doing his life for you. He didn't shout for heaven, I love the world. I love you. God bless you. I love you. That's sin issue. It's still there, but I do love you. He led doing his life. He came and lived a life for a sacrifice. And when he lived a life for a sacrifice, there was a bunch of people that followed him, 4,000 that was really, really hungry, and he never turned around and says, I really love you, 4,000 hungry people. I really, really love you. You have no idea how much I love you. Still be hungry. He said, I have a solution here to feed you. Love in action. 
moved with compassion. Blind Bartimaeus. And everyone said, whoa, whoa, you might be blind and start loving. I really love blind people. He got his hands in the dark, made some clay with his spit and rubbed it on. And he saw, again, love in action. To the woman that had just lost his, her son and was a water burial, he never just shouted how much that he loved her and her son and that he was sorry he couldn't do nothing. He went and touched the coffin and he lived again. He put his hand. It's a journey for the heart to the hand. They would say, I'm not just going to say I love you. I'm going to turn up on your door We something. I'm going to give you that message. I'm going to give you that phone call. Fit as the needs. Can we meet it? And if we can meet it, Let's meet it. Are you with me? Because this God or love amongst his people should be shown to be helpful to one another and they're just saying how much we love each other. And I'm not saying this because hatred exists in this fellowship and this is me trying to right some wrongs. I'm saying that simply because that's far we're at in the series in the Word of God. And I want us not just to be in the right side of the road, but in the right path. And I wouldn't want anybody coming here, whether this is your first morning here, coming here, hen luck, and thinking nobody loves you enough to help you. We have resources here amongst us to help you. And it's a difficult journey. It's easier to spend money on yourself, isn't it? Come on. I've just been saving to go on holiday. It's awfully easy when you see a pair of Adidas trainers on sale and they're only $30 and you think, that's so cheap. I'm just going to buy them. $30 or £30 or £50 for it. You're never seeing nothing in return really when you're helping somebody else. It can be a mere difficult journey. Is it okay to speak like us? You're never going to get nothing in return but helping somebody. But yet, Jesus unconditional agape love has shown us a why. And as he's saying is because you're a child of God, that same love that is in God will be within your fellowship and be shown within your fellowship. And that is proof that your fellowship and your people have passed from death into life. They're at the right side of the road and they're in the right path. Okay. And when you're on that path, I'll finish with us, verse 14. Again, the kids have been, far as the kids, far for putting them. Oh, in a crash. And they can hear me. They're having a good time in there, aren't they? Is anybody watching them? Do we care? <laughs> Trust. We've got to be okay. On this path, you're on the right side of the road, you're on the right path. Verse 14, I'll end with us. You've passed from death to life. And it goes on about hatred. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is a murderer at heart. And do you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them? I'll end with this. On the path, when you're on the right side of the road, in the right path, you experience eternal life within you. Not a day that you'll suddenly die and go to heaven. But that's where life is. And that's where life flourishes. On the path of hatred and disappointment and bitterness, you can that feeling. 
It's death within you. It annoys you. You can't sleep at night. You're having a wrestling match. You're hatred. It's, oh, it's got to destroy you. But on this path, I want to tell you, the path of love, the path of God's family, is a path that eternal life within you, the Holy Spirit within you, flourishes. And you can go through fires like Audrey and the Wallace family. We are smile, kenning that our people praying for you. No, you're not smiling at your circumstance, but you've got God, you've got life, and within you, there's a Holy Spirit giving you love and joy and peace to walk through fires. And John says, the choice is yours. Choose this day. Got to be part of God's family. Got to move in love. Eternal life within you will be yours. And maybe you're in here this morning. You've been searching for that feeling, that assurance within. And God's saying the choice is yours. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. I'll get a worship band up. We will end. We are tithing offerings. We've got again opportunity this morning if somebody wants to mark the decision and just get on the right side of the road. You may be toiling on the wrong side of the road. You may be asking a lot of questions. But you can yourself. You haven't yet confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's a starting point in Christianity. You will then go on in a journey of discipleship within the fellowship of believers. You'll grow in the Lord and you will feel His presence. It was good to give people an opportunity to mark that decision. I'm not going to presume that Abdi in here is saved or otherwise. I'm simply going to give an opportunity. You didn't mark a decision for my ego or to say, that's great. You mark a decision, a personal decision. It is up to you. It's not something we can force you to do. It's got to be done through your own consciousness. But as every head is bowed, if you want to mark a decision this morning, simply go on the right side of the road for Jesus to be part of his family. If that is you, just put up your hand. I'll see you. I'll acknowledge your hand. And then I'll simply lead you in a sinner's prayer. You're just going to get on the road. And it might seem unfamiliar. It might seem... It might seem as though somebody else gets it, but you dinner but you've got to start some way. And he came to destroy the work of the enemy upon your life. If that was you in here this morning, you put up your hand. I'm going to give you one minute. I will see it. I will acknowledge it. Thank you. At the front, I'll acknowledge it. And then we'll pray a prayer together. The start of the most amazing journey anybody can ever attack life. I remember the moment I got saved. I can't very little. As I wanted was Jesus Christ to be forgiven. And God can turn a mess into a miracle. And I still believed in dinosaurs and aliens. And I still hadn't worked out fair ways to live in relationship with other people. And God works out that out as you journey. This guy again, another 30 seconds. He could be the youngest person in here, the oldest person in here. But this is for you.
we are going to say this prayer together to encourage the one. If you are saying it and believing it for the first time, whether you've put your hand up or not, you don't get saved by putting your hand up, you get your saved by confessing him and believing in him. And then you can still walk away from here and say you've become a Christian. So just repeat this short prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I confess I've been on the wrong side of the road. Forgive me of all my sin. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. Forgive me, Jesus. I thank you that you accept me as part of your family because of Jesus. Now help me through the Holy Spirit to live a life of love and to show the world a resurrected King. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and praise and worship. We've got to take up our offerings. Thank you. You've been great listeners.